Hey guys, just before we get started, I wanted to kind of put a swear warning because I realize I do in fact swear a lot and I just kind of want to make sure if any kitties are listening that uh, you should probably stop now if unless you're a mature child. And also I'd like to say, uh, sorry mom, <laughs> let's get started with the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Long May She Rain podcast. I'm Aiden, I'm your host for this podcast. So, I had a pretty good... <laughs> Last two weeks, um, I actually had a self-care day yesterday. It was very relaxing since it's been really stressful with school over the last, uh, yeah, two weeks? No, three weeks, technically. Yeah. Um, so because I'm an adult, I uh, got a glass of wine, you know, very adulty, and I ran a bath, put a bath bomb in there, found a face mask in my bathroom because I forgot I had some in there. And I just, I soaked (laughs) for a couple of hours. It was actually, it was really good wine. See, my uncle actually runs a vineyard um, a couple hours away from where I live. And so every time we go there, my mom like loads up on wine. But the thing is, we just really don't have a lot of opportunities to drink it. But now that I can drink alcohol legally, I've just been like, hey, can I try like all the bottles of wine? But even though she doesn't drink it, both of my parents are very protective of the wine, even though, like, they don't drink it or anything. But anyway, I had a nice self-care day. Um, oh, what else have I done this week? Oh, I started watching Rain again. I know, ugh, disgusting, because it's very a very historically inaccurate show. But God, I enjoy it. You know, when it came out, I was, like, the right age demographic for it. Like, it started in, like, 2013, and I was, like... 11 or 12 and like as it went on through the years I was like the perfect age demographic for like a teen show about Mary Queen of Scots and rewatching it I'm like wow you know sometimes a show is dumb but sometimes it's just so good I the historical inaccuracies bother me but like the show is actually just so entertaining and I love watching it it's uh, unnecessarily dramatic, but I I like it. Um, and it might have inspired me to maybe do a Mary Queen of Scots episode pretty soon. So I think you guys should look out for that coming soon. All right, uh, enough of my life. Uh, let's get on to the topic at hand. Today we are discussing Matilda Flanders. Now, you may have heard of her, you may have not. Uh, she was the wife of William the Conqueror. You've probably heard of him. Uh, conquered England in 1066. And Matilda was his wife. And she was obviously from Flanders. You know, she's always been a really interesting historical figure to me. And I've been waiting for a long time to cover her. I was actually supposed to do her a couple of weeks ago, but I ended up wanting to do uh, Charlotte of Wales first, so that's why I didn't do her uh, weeks ago, but uh, now I'm doing her story. I hope you guys are excited. Uh, Let's get into it. All right, so Matilda was born in about 1030 or 1031 in Flanders, which is, I believe, currently corresponds to modern-day Belgium. Um, Her parents were Baldwin V, Count of Flanders, and his wife, Adela of France. Now, Matilda was actually a middle child of three. Uh, She had an older brother, also named Baldwin. Um, If we ever have to mention uh, the brother again, we'll just call him Baldy. (laughs) And uh, a couple years later, she was eventually joined by a younger brother named Robert. 
Now, obviously, I'm bummed. We don't know her birthday. So I thought uh, instead of discussing her birthday, we would discuss her name because I just happened to Google what Matilda means because I've always thought it was a very pretty name. And I thought you guys might find it interesting to know what Matilda means. So Matilda is actually the English form of the Germanic female name Matildis. I believe I'm pronouncing that right, uh, which derives from the Old High German Malt, meaning might and strength, and Hild, meaning battle, which is so fucking badass. <laughs> and I think it perfectly describes the woman we are about to talk about. So let's get into her childhood and her parents. So as I said before, Matilda's parents were Baldwin V, Count of Flanders, and Adela of France. And, you know, I usually don't always find the parents of the person I'm discussing very interesting. And I, I don't usually do a lot of research about them because, you know, it's obviously this person's story and not her parents' story, but I usually uh, think it's important to talk about them for context, and I found Baldwin and Adela very interesting. So let's start with Baldwin. So uh, he was the son of another Baldwin, Count Baldwin IV of Flanders, and uh, the both Baldwins, they didn't really get along very well. And uh, when Baldwin eventually married Matilda's mother, Adela, she convinced him it was a great idea to rebel against his father and take uh, Flanders for himself, which Baldwin listened to. And uh, it was very hard war, and both Baldwins ended up in kind of a stalemate where no one was really win winning. And they decided to eventually forgive each other. But then Baldwin's dad, Baldwin, ended up dying anyway, and... This Baldwin got to be Count of Flanders anyway, so he won a war with no bloodshed needed, so good for Baldwin. Now, Matilda's mother, on the other hand, also very interesting, uh, she was the daughter of the King of France, I believe that king was Robert II of France, uh, so Adela had very excellent connections all over Europe as the daughter of the King of France, and from what I read about her, like, what little we know about Adela's personality, she was a very prideful person. And very, like, proud of her lineage and, like, how royal she was. Uh, she was also a very well-educated uh, woman, which is a rarity in the 11th century. Um, and she also passed this education down to her children as they all became very impressive and well-educated people, Matilda included, and her brothers also included. Um, when I was researching Adela for this episode, I, I came across this, like, little misconception that people get confused about her, uh, that she was married before uh, she was married to Matilda's dad, Baldwin. Apparently, some people think she was married to the Duke of Normandy before she married Baldwin, but according to my research, that doesn't seem to be the case. It, it looks like there was another woman named Adela of France, but she was, like, from the French nobility, and she was the one who married that duke, and it wasn't this Adela. It's kind of confusing because at this time, France was, like, not really France. You know, the French royals actually held very little land, and all these duchies that were technically under French control, and I'm using big quotations, under French control, they paid a fealty to the crown, like, they were like, we're loyal to you, and then they gave the French crown money, but, like, these duchies were basically their own, like, little tiny kingdoms, uh, and they were basically independent, uh, which was exactly what Flanders was like, uh, so Matilda was kind of French, but she was also from Flanders. Anyway, her mom was very cool, and Baldwin, uh, clearly respected her, because you can find, uh, many of the decrees, uh, that Baldwin made 
obviously as count, uh, with Adela's signatures on them too, which was basically unheard of for the 11th century. So yay, go Baldwin, he's chill. Woo. Um, okay, so on to Matilda's education. Now, we don't exactly have a list of what she learned, but we can assume that since her mother was so well-educated, uh, that Matilda would have been very well-educated too. Uh, Matilda probably knew Latin, and she was probably taught, you know, all the girly things from this time period, like music, dancing, sewing, and uh, based on her ability to lead the people later in her life. Her mom must have taught her something about politics and, like, how to manage things because it was very important back then for women to be able to manage households, though I doubt they thought she would end up being a queen one day. Um, I, I honestly can't see how Matilda would have gotten any of these skills without her parents giving her any advice. Now, before we move on, I want to talk about what Matilda looks look like because uh fun fact about matilda she's actually in the guinness book of world records for being the shortest queen of england ever now according to what we know uh so a couple of years ago i'm not quite sure when her skeleton was dug up but it was dug up i believe uh so it could be measured um and her bones stood at four foot two which is very short. Like, I think the last time I was four foot two was when I was like 10. Uh, and currently I'm about five, six and a half ish. And Matilda probably would have come up to like my shoulder in terms of height. So she was very short. Um, I have no idea how it's possible to be that short as a full grown woman. Um, anyway, uh, let's get on to her features. Uh, she was described as having very delicate features and she was also very famous for having uh, these like long braids that like came down to her hips. And I just want you to keep that feature of her having very long braids in your mind because it's going to be very important in a couple of minutes. Okay, before we get into the rest of Matilda's childhood, uh, before she gets married, you guys are going to need a bit of historical background on what's going on across the channel in England. Now, for a while, England had been absolute fucking mess with Viking raids and constant overthrowing of kings, and Matilda probably would have known this because her father, the powerful man that he was, he dealt with it a lot. Now, uh, England and Flanders at the time were not on fantastic terms uh, with one another, uh, and Baldwin could always be counted on to screw over the English whenever possible, because I think it really sparked some joy for him. Um, in the 1030s, he gave refuge to Emma of Normandy and her children. Now, Emma had been the English king's wife, but her husband had been deposed by Vikings, and it was a whole fucking mess. Um, they also did go to Normandy because Emma was actually from Normandy. She was Emma of Normandy. Um, but after a while, uh, Emma and her children were eventually restored to power. And then when Emma's first husband died, uh, her stepson claimed the throne. And then another guy who was a Viking and who was the son of the first guy who overthrew them uh, defeated the stepson. Then poor Emma married the new guy who overthrew her stepson. And then they had kids, and her son by the new guy became king. And eventually, after her son from the other guy died, Emma's son from her first marriage finally became king. Wow, that was complicated. I can't believe I wrote all that down. <laughs> I tried to keep it simple, but it's very confusing. Um, <laughs> what One day I'm going to do an episode on Emma, because she's a very interesting queen from this time period. And I will definitely try and get into that whole overthrowing, restoring thing in more detail when we do Emma's episode. Anyway, um, 
when Emma's son, uh, King Edward the Confessor, finally got on the throne, it was kind of like calm for a bit. And when Til- uh, sorry, <laughs> when Matilda was probably about like an older teenager, about fifteen or eighteen, uh, she would have met a certain young man named Brithric. Oh, I probably did not pronounce that right. It's spelled B R I H T R I C. Brithric. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'll call him Lord B because I can't pronounce that again. Anyway, Lord B was a wealthy nobleman from England, and uh, with Edward the Confessor on the throne, he became ambassador to the court of Flanders because Baldwin actually liked Edward the Confessor, so like they were they were chill. And Matilda, as teenagers do, fell head over heels in love with Lord B. Apparently, he was tall, and we all know how short girls really love tall boys, so, you know, she was just repping short girls. Um, not to mention, he was blonde, uh, handsome, and rich. Did I mention the rich part? Because he was really rich. Um, you know, sure, he wasn't a king, but he had a nice title, good pedigree, and Matilda was so fucking in love with him. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned with Matilda's mother, she was very prideful and she also had a very bold personality. And I think that kind of went down to Matilda, uh, who was also very bold and straightforward. And uh, this kind of ended up getting her in trouble with Lord B because uh, she decided to send Lord B a marriage proposal because <laughs> she was so in love with him. And this was fucking so taboo for the time like women were not allowed to do this men proposed to women even now it's really taboo for women to propose marriage to men but back then it was completely unthinkable that a woman would propose marriage to a man and when lord b got the proposal from matilda he was like "Mm, no (laughs) and i can't imagine how damn embarrassed she must have been i mean she put herself out there because she was really in love with him, and she got severely burned. But uh, keep Lord B in mind for later, because he's going to come back into the story very soon. Now, a few years after the whole Lord B debacle, Matilda had a new love interest in the form of this guy named William of Normandy. Now, you may remember him from my Princess Nesta of Wales episode. Uh, I discussed him a little bit. Uh, but I discussed his sons a lot more because uh, one of Matilda and William's sons was uh, the father of one of Nesta's sons. And not to mention uh, Nesta's husband uh, was the son of a friend of William. So there's another crossover on the show. Anyway, uh, let's get to know Matilda's future boo. So William was the illegitimate son of Robert I, Duke of Normandy, and a young woman named Herleva, who might have been the daughter of a tanner. We're not exactly sure what was up with her pedigree. Anyway, she was common. Um, So one day, our girl Herleva was walking around town, and William's father, Robert, saw Herleva, and he was like, yeah, that one? I want that one. (laughs) and they hooked up and her lover gave birth to William and that was Robert's like only child and despite people telling him that he should get married and have some legitimate children you know like with a wife and or someone he was married to he was like no I like I like my son here this is my son he's gonna be the next duke I don't care what anyone said which was fine until Robert fucking died when William was eight and suddenly a bunch of people who were supposed to be his barons and were supposed to be helping him be Duke decided to rebel against the tiny eight-year-old boy. Um, 
still, William had two things on his side. First, the first advantage he had was King Henry I of France's friendship, who conveniently was Matilda's uncle. Um, Henry worked very hard to keep William on his throne, and by the time William was a teenager, Henry had knighted him, and William was like a full-fledged leader. Like, he was very good at his job. Now, I bet you're wondering what that second advantage was. Well, it was that William had furious fucking Viking blood running through his veins. Fun fact about how William's family became the Dukes of Normandy, about a century and a half before this period, a Viking named Rollo uh, was pissing off several people. So uh, the king of France at the time, it was technically Francia, but we're going to call it France to keep it simple, um, offered Rollo a deal. If he stopped raping and pillaging the French coast, um, he would give Rollo Normandy as a consolation prize and he could be the Duke of Normandy. So Rollo was like, all right. And Rollo converted to Christianity and changed his name to Robert and hung up that axe of his. And Rollo is William the Conqueror's great, great, great grandfather. So uh, William had all this furious Viking blood in his veins and it was really helping him. And it especially helped him as he got older and like made him a great leader. William was a very impressive fighter, uh, probably more than anyone ever thought he would be, especially since he came to his dukedom so young. Um... And in 1049, William decided that he would make the smart choice, unlike his father, and uh, actually get married. So he started, you know, shopping around for wives, and he found Matilda, and he thought she was perfect. Not only was her father incredibly powerful, but her lineage was incredibly impressive. I actually forgot to mention this before, but Maddie was actually a direct descendant of Alfred the Great on her father's side. If you don't know who Alfred the Great is, he was probably one of the best kings uh, England ever had. Technically, he was king of Wessex, but he was definitely the catalyst for a united England one day. That'll become important in a minute. But the point was that William was very, very into Maddie. So he sent a marriage proposal, and Maddie, once again, being very prideful, like her mother, was like, um, no, I don't want to marry you. And he was like, why not? (laughs) And, uh, she was like, well, you're a bastard. I'm legitimate. I'm way more highborn than you. And before William could say, wait, what? She was like, I'm sorry, do you want to hear it again in Latin? Nahil. <laughs> That's so dumb. Yes, I actually did look up what no in Latin is. <laughs> Just for that joke. Anyway, uh, William didn't exactly take this in rejection very well. Uh And it's from this rejection that we get the most famous story about Maddie and William's relationship. Now, apparently, this is a story. When William heard that Maddie said no, he decided to saddle up his horse and ride from Normandy to Flanders, which is is about a day or so ride, according to Google Maps. I'd probably equate a horse uh, trotting speed uh, to about as fast as you could make a bike go. Anyway, uh, when he gets there, he sees Matilda on her way to church, obviously riding her own horse, and he rides up to her, and he drags her off her horse by her very long braids that we discussed earlier, and he hit her in front of all of her servants. And then he just, like, dipped and went back to Normandy, (laughs) I guess, to just, like, wait out to see what happens. And after a few days recovering from her wounds, Matilda declared that she would only marry William. 
Now, we have absolutely no idea how true this story is. It seems pretty strange that someone like Matilda, based on the character that she's exhibited so far, uh, that she would suddenly accept the marriage proposal of a man who fucking beat her up in the streets. Um, even though William has all that scary Viking blood that I mentioned earlier, I don't think he would actually attack the daughter of one of the most powerful counts in France just because said daughter said no to a marriage proposal. Um, even though I'm not, like, 100% sure what actually happened or why we have the story, one of my guesses is that maybe, like, William threatened to do something like this, but, like, he would have, like, never actually, like, done it or followed through with it. Or, like, maybe he did come out there and, like, was, like, bold enough to, like, demand to talk to Matilda and stuff like that. Like, I don't know how they would have gotten the story. People from this time period are weird about what's romantic. Anyway, the point is, uh, she's engaged to William now. Um, and it was, despite all that stuff that had happened between them so far, they were actually a very impressive match uh, because of Matilda's prowess. And they were all ready to get married until the Pope was like, let me stop you right there. <laughs> now, I bet you're wondering, why is the Pope getting involved in this? This isn't his marriage. Well, uh, Pope Leo IX thought that their marriage was a bad idea for several reasons. Uh, namely, that it was a very, very powerful match for someone like William. But the reason he gave was that they were just too related. Oh, no. Now, there's actually a rule about marriage in the church concerning marrying your relatives. And I think it's that... Um, you need to be, like, seventh cousins to marry a relative. Uh, still, this rule got, like, thrown out, like, all the time with papal dispensations if you asked for them. And popes were throwing around papal dispensations like candy to people who wanted to marry their relatives and make good dynastic matches. Um, and because Pope Leo was so threatened by this match, he decided to use that rule against them because I think they were... M Matilda and William were, like, fifth cousins or something. But... In this time period, that was basically total strangers. Like, they had no e idea who each other were being fifth cousins. Um, so, <laughs> Matilda and William were like, uh, new phone, who dis? And they just went ahead with the wedding anyway, and they didn't listen to the Pope. Um, in 1050, they got married at Notre Dame des Eaux. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but that's how I'm going to pronounce it. Um, you know, I actually tried to Google this cathedral to see if it existed to, like, kind of get an idea of, like, what the chapel would have looked like. Um, it was actually a bit hard at first to find it because it's not called Notre Dame de Eau anymore. Uh, but it still is in the modern French town of Eau, which is on the coast. Uh, and it's in Norman territory. So that's where they got married. Um, I forget what it's actually called now, but it's not called Notre Dame de Eau anymore. Anyway. Um, I was not able to find much about their wedding in general. Still, it was probably, like, really fancy with, like, everyone dressed up in their best clothes, probably a whole bunch of diplomats and nobility. Um, also, don't worry about the Pope being mad at them. Like, <laughs> like about, like, ten years after this, a new Pope, when he got elected after the old Pope fucking died, um, he agreed to forgive Matilda and William as long as they donated a church, and Matilda and William were like, oh, cool, we donate churches all the time. So they did that, and there was no problem after that. Okay, so now that uh, Matilda is officially our new Duchess of Normandy, let's talk about why she was such a fucking badass Duchess in the first place. Now, for context, Normandy hadn't had a Duchess in quite a while, uh, and they were probably happy to have a female presence after all the warring and, you know, fighting that William had to go through to stay Duke. Um, you know, I'm not quite sure why 
Normandy hadn't had a duchess in a while. I, I think it's because William's father was never married, so he didn't have a duchess, and I believe the duke before him as well didn't have a duchess, so that, that must have sucked. Anyway, now they had one, and they were very happy about it, and uh, probably uh, relieved that they had, you know, semi-peace. Uh, and Matilda was also an incredible leader. She had a lot of power, and you could tell because she signed laws with William with both of their names on it. Like, and you, you just didn't see that with duchesses, you know, consorts were supposed to like host luncheons and shit, but she didn't do that. And whenever William was away, you know, warring, uh, he left her in charge. And I think that says a lot about their relationship. And despite it's possibly violent beginnings with him possibly beating her up, uh, William and Matilda had a very good relationship and they made a pretty fantastic team. Now, while we're here talking about the relationship, I want to talk about what their relationship must have been like and some of their children. So, in their first year of marriage, Matilda was, like, right on the money and she gave birth to a baby boy that they named Robert. And while Matilda was still Duchess of Normandy, she had Richard, Cecilia, Adeliza, William, Matilda, and Constance. It's a lot of kids. Uh, they did have two more children, but they're not important yet. We'll get there. I'll talk about them soon. Now, as you can see by all the children, uh, they liked each other at least seven times, and it seems that there was no infidelity on either side. Um, we do have some rumor rumors of possible almost infidelity on William's part. I actually found this kind of funny story that apparently William saw these two beautiful women he wanted, because, you know, he was the Duke of Normandy and he could do that. And uh, like, like his father, he was like, I want those ones. <laughs> but he ended up chickening out at the last second and tried to have the woman sent away so Matilda wouldn't find out because he was, like, scared that she was going to find out. But she found out anyway. <laughs> and uh, she demanded that they be brought before her and punished, but that never ended up happening. And a year later, uh, both women ended up dead. Ooh. And William and Matilda had a whole huge blowout about it. But uh, keep in mind, the story was actually written in the 1800s. So, it, like, probably didn't happen, but it's, like, still fun to, like, think about, like, something like that happened between them. <laughs> uh, personally, I don't think that William would have ever cheated on Matilda. I, because I don't think he wanted any illegitimate children, considering he had spent his whole life trying to shake the name William the Bastard, which was what he was called before William the Conqueror, and he just wasn't given a lot of the respect he was due because he was illegitimate, and I don't think he wanted to give that burden to any of his children, and also, you know, love and stuff, because he, like, genuinely respected it and loved his wife, which is very rare in this time period. I'm very proud of you, William. Good job. 1066. 1066. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Anyway, so it's time for the big thing that Matilda is very famous for being attached to, which is her husband's conquest of England. Now, for some context, remember all that crap that was going on in England with Queen Emma and her sons, and how her son, Edward the Confessor, finally became king after some serious fighting? Uh, well, uh, since then it had been about 24 years and uh king edward was unfortunately dying um he had no children uh because you know edward was actually very famous for being very pious that's why he's called edward the confessor and i believe he's the only king of england that was ever sainted uh and a lot of people attribute his lack of children to that because he was very pious and never had sex with his wife <laughs> Anyway, the point is, he had no children. So, Edward was looking for someone to succeed him, and William actually had a bit of a claim, as Edward's mother uh, was actually William's grandfather's sister. 
Remember I mentioned Emma was from Normandy? And uh, William was, like, totally convinced that he would be crowned king soon. Like, he thought him and Edward were, like, buddy-buddy. Uh, but he actually had a little bit of competition in this area, and that was in the form of a dude named Harold Godwinson. Now, who is this man? I bet you're wondering. Well, he was actually King Edward's brother-in-law. Um, Edward was married to Harold's sister, Edith, who I would love to do an episode on one day. She'd probably be very interesting. Anyway, uh, William uh, Crick quickly realized that Harold, you know, might want the crown too. So he decided to keep an eye on Harold until God basically spit up Harold on William Shores. And by that I mean somehow, uh, while Harold was like sailing on a ship, he ended up getting shipwrecked in Normandy. And then Harold was captured by some of William's men who like recognized him. And um, William was like, bring him here and William made Harold like get on his knees and made him pinky promise by like putting his hand on some like holy relics that when the time came that he would let William be king and Harold probably had his fingers crossed behind his back while he was touching these holy relics because uh (laughs) He didn't keep his promise. Um, in 1066, when Edward uh, did pass away, Harold was like, just kidding, this is my throne now. Fuck your holy relics. And William was like, Matilda, hold my earrings. It's time for a fucking fight. Um, and as William was preparing for war, uh, Matilda got in on the war effort too. She was like, yeah, this is my husband's crown. Uh, she actually had this uh, beautiful ship commissioned with money out of her own bank account uh, for William to take to England. Uh, she named the ship the Mora and gave it as a gift to William before he left. Now, uh, meanwhile, Harold was also getting ready for William's invasion, uh, but he had a bit of a problem. Um, and that problem was a Viking problem. Um, another Harold named Harold Hadrada, who was king of Norway, began to invade England about the same time William was planning to do it. And King Harold was like, no, I can fight both of them at the same time. I've got this. And since William uh, wasn't able to cross the English Channel because of wind problems, like, it was blowing the wrong way, so he couldn't sail to England like he was supposed to, it delayed him a bit. So Harold was like, it's okay, I'll take other Harold's on in a battle, and then I'll win, and then I'll come back, and I'll just wait for William. So, a herald marched his army up north in four days, which is very fast in this time period. Like, it would take, normally it would take an army, like, weeks to get all the way north from London. Anyway, um, so, King Harold, um, caught Viking Harold by surprise, and King Harold whooped Viking Harold's ass, uh, And when that was over, William had actually been able to set sail because the wind changed and William landed on English soil. And while William was gone, uh, he left Matilda in charge of Normandy. It was very cool. Even though their eldest son, Robert, he was actually 14 years old and old enough to rule by himself if he had wanted to. But obviously Matilda was the better choice because no one was going to take orders from a 14-year-old. Um... And she did a really good job holding Normandy while William was away. Also, a uh, surprise, she was pregnant when William left. Uh, so she had something to look forward to when he came back. Um, now, when William landed on English shores in September after the wind finally changed, uh, Harold was like, oh, no. So he marched his very, very exhausted army uh, down south to meet him. And they 
once again did it very fast, so I'm sure they were all very, very tired, and they clashed at the famous Battle of Hastings. All right, one second. I just got to take a drink of water. <gasps> all right, so Battle of Hastings. Now, it was a very long battle that lasted, like, fucking nine hours <laughs> until Harold was finally killed. Um, I read he died via arrow through the eye, but other sources say that's not true. But let's go with the arrow through the eye because it's a lot more dramatic. And that made William officially the king of England. Woo! <laughs> and... When Matilda got the news, she was actually at this uh, priory, which is another word for church, I suppose. And when she heard William won, she had the uh, priory renamed Our Lady of Good News um, to celebrate his win. And I can't imagine how, you know, scared she must have been while William was gone. I mean, realistically, William totally could have died. And, you know, back then it took months to get news. Uh, but it's okay, because he won. So, yay. Um, but it was not over yet. See... Even though Harold's, sorry, even though William had technically won the country, um, not all of the country was exactly happy about him being king. And we're not just going to accept him right off the bat because, first of all, he was an invader. Um, so after he won, it took about two years uh, for him to kind of gain a certain amount of control over the country. Uh, he actually, I was watching this really fucking awful documentary about the Tower of London because William built it. And I thought it might be um, important for this episode. So I decided to watch it. <laughs> and the whole documentary, no, it was like poorly researched. Like they presented like facts that we know are real. And presented them as if the person hosting the documentary had, like, come up with this herself. Like, wow, these stones on the Tower of London are made from rock from Normandy. I wonder who could have built this. Jane thinks she knows. <laughs> it was the dumbest fucking documentary. Anyway, uh... Basically, William's strategy to take hold of England was to build a lot of forts, and the Tower of London was one of them, and it was very effective. Um, after that two years, William did come back frequently to visit Normandy and see his wife, and when he came back, he got to meet his new daughter, Adela, that was born while he was gone. And finally, in about 1068, uh, William had finally secured England, and William sorry, Matilda and her children were finally going to be able to join William in England. Also, a uh, quick side note before we move on, not too long after William won, uh, Matilda's dad unfortunately ended up passing away, which must have been awful for her. Um, and when her father died, her mother, also named Adela, uh, retired to a nunnery and died a few years after that, just in case anyone was curious uh, what happened to them. It was actually bad for Matilda, good for William, because William and Baldwin were like they were like William was power hungry and Baldwin was powerful and he didn't really like how ambitious his son-in-law was <laughs> so like like I said good for William bad for Matilda but I'm sure he comforted her because that was her dad and it would have been rude of him to not do that <laughs> for her 
Now, Matilda arrived on English shores in the spring of 1068, I believe. And, you know, she was so excited to be there and, you know, just have like a new start in England and to be, you know, queen. Now, William had actually had his coronation two years ago when he won in 1066. But to really cement his claim, he wanted to have Matilda crowned too, to be like, yes, England, this is your queen. Now, this was very, very unusual because the consorts of kings like never got a separate coronation. In fact, they were not really called queens they were usually you know like the king's wife or his consort but matilda wanted her own coronation and by damn she got it um matilda was crowned as queen of england at westminster abbey and i guess who was also at her coronation well none other than lord b the dude who had rejected matilda's marriage proposal nearly two decades before this and uh matilda was a petty queen so she took out her revenge on him so hard she had his lands taken away and given to her uh, he got put in a dungeon, and then he died mysteriously, like, two years after that, so Maddie really won in the end, like, good for her, like, it was, it was a little petty to take all that out on her ex, but, like, he, he kind of deserved it, like, just a little bit, like, you rejected her. <laughs> anyway, even though Matilda was a capable queen, she was not entirely accepted, uh, since Edward, the confessor's wife, Edith, who was very popular, uh, was still alive. And Matilda, you know, tried to be fair to her, uh, to win the love of the English people. And it was only when Edith eventually died, uh, Matilda made sure that she was buried with great honors. Um, and when Edith finally died, people started to slowly accept Matilda as the true queen of England. But it, it was a lot of uh, hard-won strides to get people to accept her now over the next decade william and matilda tried to be good monarchs still power was always shaky especially in the north there were a lot of rebellions in the north and uh matilda in an effort to quell the rebellions she was actually pregnant at the time with what would be her last child and in order to like show the english people like that they weren't in favor invaders and that they were English she wanted her baby to be born in the north so um they got on their ho horses which was weird I wish they had taken a ship it would have been a lot more comfortable and <laughs> probably a shorter ride but Matilda was like nope we're getting on horses and we are riding to the north and they almost made made it to York which was where they wanted to have their last child born but I think they made it to like somewhere in Yorkshire which is like a little bit back but you know it was like close enough and it was here that she gave birth to her last child Henry now we have talked about this Henry before he will eventually grow up to be the baby daddy of Nesta Wales um he's really cool I'll probably talk about him like in a whole bunch of other episodes in this time period because I've got to do an episode on Henry's daughter Matilda also named Matilda, because she's very cool. Anyway, um, after Henry was born, Matilda spent more time in Normandy governing it for William with her son Robert, even though he was in his mid-twenties. Um, <laughs> she was like, no, I've got to... I've got to control this, because you're my son. And... Robert, who, like I said, was in his mid-twenties, wanted some responsibility of, of his own, and uh, thought that... Uh, William should officially hand over Normandy to him now that he was old enough. And William was like, what the fuck? No, I'm not, I'm not handing over Normandy to you. You can have it when I'm dead. And 
Robert with, you know, the spirit of both of his parents, which is a bit of a deadly combination now that I think about it, with Matilda's pride and Rob and sorry, with William's Viking blood. Um Robert decided to start a fucking rebellion. And in uh, 1077, uh, he faced his father in battle. Don't worry. No one died. No one got killed. Missile didn't lose her husband or her son. But Robert did lose, like, pretty badly. And he ended up having to go hide at his uncle's house in Flanders just to get away from his father. Now, uh, for a few years, no one knew whether Robert would come back or if there would be any sort of reconciliation. Uh, which must have very upset Matilda because she loved her children, she loved her husband. Uh, it, so in order to kind of forget about all the drama going on with her family, she continued her duties as queen. Now, I read that in this little in-between, uh, while her husband and her son were fighting, Matilda actually became the godmother of the Scottish princess Matilda of Scotland, who ironically would become one of her future daughters-in-law one day. Uh, she married um, Matilda's son, Henry. And uh, during the ceremony where she became little Matilda's godmother, uh, she was holding on to baby Matilda, and baby Matilda knocked off Matilda's big headdress, like, right onto the ground. And then it was uh, picked up and put onto the baby's head. And, no, back then they were very... Um, superstitious and omens were like a huge thing so everyone thought this little scottish baby is destined to be queen which she would eventually be when she got married to uh, matilda's son henry who became king the story isn't really relevant i just thought it was interesting and kind of cute <laughs> because it's not going to be fun from here on out it's just a whole bunch of sadness now in 1080 robert he did come back and the only reason he uh, got that far to start another rebellion was because his mommy slipped him some money under the table while William wasn't looking. And when William found out that Matilda had given Robert money to start another rebellion, he was so fucking pissed at her. Pissed at her. He could not believe that she had done something like this. But personally, I'm on Matilda's side here. Considering Robert was her oldest, he was her favorite, and she probably would have done this for like any of her children but for robert there was no question that she would have done this and i believe she actually took it out of her own like bank account as well to pay for it that's why william didn't find out for quite a while uh but because of matilda loving her children she paid a heavy price for choosing to support robert uh even though william eventually forgave her after a lot of begging on her part he never trusted her with power again um over the next couple of years the family went through fighting and making up and then fighting again <laughs> Also, in uh, 1083, all the family fighting took a toll on her. Uh, she ended up getting really, really sick, like, out of nowhere. And even though William, at this point, had been mad at her for years for choosing to support Robert, he, with no hesitation, rushed to her bedside in Normandy, where she was, because he loved her, and that was his wife. And it was here in Normandy where she died on November 2nd, 1083. Um, her dying wish was to see her son Robert, but he was actually in England when she died. Um, after Matilda died, William's relationship with his children, like, really only got worse. Uh, William was moody and gloomy, and I think a lot of people noticed that about him because, like, people noted it, uh, in texts. And when he died in 1087, very embarrassingly, uh, William fell off his horse, and <laughs> he died, and... 
I think he was, like, brought into this church, and then when he died, I think, like, the priests and nuns, like, fucking looted his body. I feel like that's the story I read, but I can't remember. Anyway, uh, after William died, too, a couple years later, her sons ended up fighting over lands and territories for most of their lives. So, you know, that sucks, because I don't think Matilda would have really wanted her children fighting like this, because she loved them. Now, Matilda has a very large legacy. Uh, You know, she set a precedent for what queen consorts ought to look like, you know, powerful and strong. Uh, She was smart, capable, and wielded power like no other queen of her time period ever had. You know, I didn't know much about her when I started this research. I always thought she was really cool based on what little I knew, and I really enjoyed researching her for this episode. So, I'd like to thank you guys for listening to this show and giving me the opportunity to talk about interesting women like Matilda. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Bye! Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you have any suggestions for topics, you can just DM me on Twitter at LongMaceyRain2. The N at the end of rain is replaced with a 2 instead. I'm also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and like a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on all those platforms. It really actually does help the show so much and it will help me grow my audience. So I would absolutely appreciate it if you guys could do that. All right. uh, Bye.